everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. We're here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 81. No, I did not read that wrong. We would normally be on 82. However, Tuesday's episode was canceled. Um, unfortunate. Uh, we lost somebody very close. Somebody we've known for a very long time. And I myself was personally not in any state to record the show. Um, and a little pee behind the curtain. When I went to Ben last year with the idea for a podcast, it was always intended to be a three-person show. Correct. And the third person was this man who we unfortunately lost a couple of days ago. And he fought a very brave fight against cancer. And unfortunately, it got the better of him finally. But we're going to keep doing this show and do it in his memory. And uh, yeah, there's no easy segue from that. So we're just going to get right into the first topic. And the NFL has agreed to the NFLPA on testing guidelines. Coronavirus testing. Coronavirus testing. Yeah. COVID testing. Honestly, at this point, whenever I say any kind of testing guidelines, I just assume that's it. Yeah, you I mean, <laughs> that's really the only test that seems to matter anymore right now. I mean, it's the big one. I'm intrigued on the – I mean, they already agreed to all this, so I guess they're, they're moving along. Uh, it's intriguing that uh, now the NFL is offering no preseason games at all. I don't know how I feel about that. I kind of got the news – came came across the – uh, my phone a couple hours ago. I'm not sure because I, I don't think there's there's a clear-cut way of how to look at that because, you know, the, the players that don't need it, it's fine, I guess. Maybe they could use one game, but okay, no games. Then there's the players who make the team. Yeah, because of the preseason. Because of the preseason right. games. Especially um, preseason game number four. That's like... You're you're kind of suss out the last part of your roster. Now you don't have that. You have a lot of good players every year who end up coming through, coming out of nowhere and surprising right. people that make the team during week three and week four of preseason. You're 100% right there. I, I understand it for, for – I, I guess I understand it. I mean, it goes along with what we've been saying the entire time. Something like the NBA where they can go to a bubble – a, an area where they are not going to be exposed to outside uh, influences, I suppose. Yeah. Can understand them. You know, they can do their practice. They can do their warm-ups. They can, I guess, scrimmage against fellow team. Baseball is doing it right now, too. They're having intra-squad games. They were allowed, I guess, to have two, uh, two I guess, uh, I guess spring training games, you could call them, against other teams to come into the stadiums and play against them. But these are players who are going to be uh, secluded from outside um, contamination, I guess, is the word for it. Are we going to have it with the NFL? Are we going to uh, – like, this all – if we're talking, we're, we're going to have these guys come into training camp and they're not going to be able to have any kind of outside contact until the last play of the Super Bowl? I mean – I mean, for the two teams that make it, obviously other people would be sooner. Right. But is that what we're talking about here? Then I think this is a little absurd. 
quarantine them, do whatever you got to do to for the feel safe, test them, and then do everything like you normally would. That's the whole point of doing the procedures and the protocols. Like you said, there's a lot of players that rely on those games to make it. Now, I've said for a long time, personally, uh, and I know you to an extent somewhat agree, that I think I don't think preseason needs to be four weeks. No, it doesn't. It, it's a lot of abuse on players who already go through a lot during the regular season. But you might need a game or two or some other way to have these these bubble players, essentially, who they may make the team, they may not, prove themselves worthy of those final spots. And you can't have that if you're not allowed to practice the same way, play the same way. It's like, if you're going to do it and you're going to have this season, do it. Don't half-ass it and expect it to be the same. It just doesn't... It's like baseball, supposedly. I know we're getting into it later. I'm getting ahead, but I'm not... No, no details or nothing. Just a few days away from starting. If you look at it, do they really think they have any idea what they're getting into right now? No, and as you said, we'll get into it because yeah. uh, there's an interesting story that uh, about baseball when it comes up. Look, I can spit out names all I want on on players who got injured and during preseason and would have benefited from not having one. I'll say this. Maybe Terrell Davis doesn't become Terrell Davis without an opportunity. I don't know what mindset the Broncos had at the time when they were going through the running back situation. But he was an undrafted free agent. He may have not got the opportunity had you not had those preseason games. The Patriots might have not seen what they saw in Julian Edelman in preseason games for him to stick around for X number of years before finally a converted quarterback to wide receiver. And again, opportunity on the field to play a position he didn't play in college. It worked out for old Julian Edelman pretty it worked good. For Julian. Like, and I didn't want to just you know curtail it to uh, the Patriots, even though that's where we have most of our experience. You can go through every team and find opportunity after opportunity uh, player undrafted players, low round players getting opportunity late in the games in preseason and making the squad. At least making the squad. I'm not saying they're they're going to come out and take a, a roster spot from a starter. I'm just saying right. They're going to be the last guy on the team. They're going to be a guy uh, on the practice squad. There's opportunity. I don't know if Tom Brady, uh, it, by all accounts, built like Tom. Uh, God, I don't remember. If, I don't remember the quarterbacks coach name, but Bill drafted him because of the that quarterbacks coach that, that saw Tom play. Regardless, Tom was on the practice squad, but Bill would have had to see something in preseason games to see it. And maybe he didn't. Maybe he saw it all on the. Uh, the practice fields. I'm just saying, one or two games makes sense. And these guys are not going to have an opportunity to do that. I just think you're going to rely heavily on scouting at this point. Right. Oh, and we, we see it all the time. There's absolutely no substitution for actually playing in the game. 
That's that's universal. Universal. And he, I, it seems a long way off, and I was never in the kind of condition as like a prime NFL athlete, but it's a couple of years there. I was in really really good shape. Right. And I go to the gym three or four or five times a week, and I, you know, I watch what I ate every day. I was careful. I was in really phenomenal shape. I could, I could get on the treadmill and I could run for half an hour, get off and barely broke a sweat. I was in awesome condition. I tried playing basketball. I was gassed after five minutes. Because you weren't conditioned for that. Exactly. But there were guys who, to be nice, did not look like they were in very good shape. But they were who played basketball all the time. Right. Who would just run circles around me. You can be in a gym all you want. Unless you're on a court, on the field, you're not duplicating the same thing. So you're not going to see how somebody's going to react in a third and ten with a game on the line unless they're reacting to a third and ten with the game on the line. And I understand preseason isn't the most intense environment, but it is still to these guys playing for those final spots. They're playing for their dream. And it might sound hokey, but it's also very true. So my only thing, what do we always say? Consistency. Right. It's like the NFL is inconsistent with you can be on the field three, three and a half, four hours, full contact, but you can't swap jerseys after the game. Okay, so we're going to keep you in a bubble and test you. Apparently, according to what we've seen, they're going to test them every day. They're going to test them every day. And But to this point, no decision on whether fans are in the stands or not. And if there is going to be, it's a drastically reduced amount. So we're not going to have fans. We're just going to be the people who are allowed and tested and are, 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 are negative for the virus in the facility but we still can't do our normal scenario. Okay, then don't do it. I don't then, know. Then, just, just don't do it then. They just don't have this. If, if you can't do it the way it's supposed to be done to benefit the players and the league and everything, then just don't do it. What is two more weeks going to do? Like, re- realistically, what is two more weeks... And, and if you don't want to put your starters out there, that's fine. But you need, I think, you, the players that put the effort. And I'm not talking about your Patrick Mahomes. I'm not talking about Lamar Jackson. I'm not talking about Le'Veon Bell. I'm not talking about J.J. Watt. No, no, and I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the guys at the bottom of the roster who need a chance. I'm talking about the guys who were undrafted this year who have not shown any film on the field in an NFL game, who are trying to make a squad, and they're not going to have a chance to show it in a game, which you can show what you want on the practice squad. You can go seven on seven and show you've got the skills to out-juke a corner. But until you put on all those pads, which, by the way, they're probably going to limit the pad use uh, in even more in, in training camp. But you need to have all all the facets of a game scenario to be able to assess. Can player X help my quarterback, my star quarterback, who I just maybe I just invested millions of dollars? Can that player help my quarterback? Because if he can't, I have a second year guy or a third year guy tight end who I might need as an extra blocker. I need to keep him. But does that kid? Maybe he's got burner speed. Does he have the talent to stay on the field? I don't know. So I have an idea. Shoot. 
And again, I don't think anybody from the NFL will actually hear this. I mean, that'd be nice if they did. Hey, man, we can clip it. I can tag yeah. every one of them on it if you want. I mean, that's that's a good idea. I think you're going to have these guys in training camp anyways. Right. What would you say of a, of a 55-person NFL or 53-man 50, roster, excuse me, what would you say the number of like locked-in spots? Like, Patriots know Edelman's making it. The Patriots know... Uh, or like um, the Ravens know Lamar Jackson's making the team. Like right. I'm talking those guys. You know we're going to be on the team. Roughly 45. Okay, so it's really those last seven. E- even say 10, f- f- 43, so eight to ten spots, seven to ten spots, eight to ten spots yeah. that are really up in the air. Okay, so what what would it what what would it hurt? These guys are going to be in training camp anyways, and I would assume, given the way everything's going, that. There's going to be some kind of quarantine before they start being able to, you know, they're going to come from wherever they live, probably have to quarantine or, or at least test several times and make sure they pass tests before they can actually get on the field and practice. So they're going to be tested throughout the process. Again, we don't know if they're going to be in some kind of bubble, if they're going to be all stuck in the same hotel. We don't know anything about, I'm sure they've discussed it, but we don't know any details about how they're going to be housed yet. So we're going to assume that all these people who are here for, for training camp are going to be isolated or at least tested to the point where you know they're, they're, they're healthy. So how about, I don't know, three weeks before the season starts. Each team gives a list of 40 players to the league. These players have made the team. We can all BS all we want, but you really don't know until the last day. And that's true for some players. But for a lot of them, they know they're on the team. Right. Even if it's half, 53, even they say 27, 28, 30 players, whatever. We know these guys are good. We have to figure out the rest. Okay? So then you can have a scrimmage game with another team that's being tested under the same guidelines. You have one game. And then the following week, have another game. Whatever. Have two, have one. I don't care. But have it actually be officiated. So these these players, you know, you're going to have the headsets. It's going to be, everything's going to be enacted like it's a real game. So you can actually see how these guys react in these conditions. Pads, the whole nine yards. Pumping crowd noise, like you're in Falcons, I don't care. But that way, there's at least something. Now... What will they do? I don't know. They'll probably test every day anyways and still err on the side of caution. And you're going to have ass training camp. Yep. And then have a bunch of guys who are probably talented enough to make it and not make it because they weren't able to prove it on the field. Because we can keep them quarantined for 17 weeks, but we can't do it for 19 weeks. It, it, and Inconsistent. Else, inconsistent. Where else are they going to go? They're not going to be able to go to arena football because that's – Hit or miss if it stays in existence. You're not going to go to the XFL. That's gone. The AAF is gone. Canadian football is very different, and you don't know if they're even going to play or not. I haven't heard anything. I haven't no, seen I haven't anything. Either, yeah. So I don't know if they're going to play. Your opportunity is limited. Very limited. And these kids are not going to have an opportunity to petition the NCAA to maybe extend another year. If they were a junior. If they were a fifth-year senior, they're, they're screwed. But if you're a junior, a redshirt junior or junior or 
or whatever, and you felt like you could make it and you got drafted in the sixth round or a seventh round or you didn't make it at all, you're not going to have a chance. And you can't go back to the NCAA and pitch right. to them. Because yep. first off, it's a corrupt organization to begin with. So if you don't have a sob story, they're not going to let you do anything. So that that's already being said. These players aren't going to have another outlet. So basically what they're going to have to do is dump as much as they can on the practice field as possible and hope for the best and maybe hope next year they can come around and there'll be an opportunity. But I agree, man. They should have at least one chance to get on the field to say, we may not be facing the best, but we're facing equal competition right? for right. one game at least. Each team, one game. And you'll have enough players. And you wait till the cutdown day all the way to the end. So you have your 90-man roster, 75, whatever you want. So you have enough players to play. And you have enough backups just in case. So that way you can figure out who, not, not just the best the best, but who fits your system. Right, absolutely. And, and they always say, it's not, you're not in the last game of the season. You're not really auditioning for your team. You're auditioning for the league. Right. So that maybe some maybe the Atlanta Falcons are watching the New York Giants and they like that fifth string tight end because he can do a particular skill set that they're looking for and they pluck him right off mm-hmm. because the Giants decided, nope, he's on our cut list. You might not get you're not gonna you're not, I'm not saying might, you're not gonna get that if you have zero preseason games. Right. You're just not. The, the organization is going to have full autonomy of knowing what that player can and can't do. And you're going to rely on that team to possibly give out information, which if you land in New England, you know information does not leak out very much. No. And, again, just to, to close on this particular topic for me, I completely understand if they're not going to have – you know they went out precautions. They're not going to have 80,000 people in a stadium, obviously – I get all that, but if you're testing these guys every day, like you say you're going to, and I guess what, if it drops below like a 5% rate, they're going to yeah, do every other day. day. So it's going to be more than adequate testing. If you're going to do that, then just have the season. Don't do that and then put 15 other restrictions in place. The whole reason for all the testing and precautions is so you know these guys can go out there and play and be safe. So don't don't essentially, you know, uh, take the knees out of the game, chop block the game essentially, <laughs> and make it less than because you weren't you didn't feel secure enough with your precautions. You don't feel secure enough with your precautions. Don't have the season. Don't do it. Like, I, I always suck. I'm just, football's my favorite sport, man. Right. I mean, baseball is my first my first sports love, but football, I can sit down, whether it's my team or not, on Sunday, Thursday, whatever, watch the game, dissect it, enjoy it, no problem. But if you don't feel everybody's safe, don't have the season. Don't do it. But if you put all these precautions in place to keep people safe, then just do it normal. If you're going to cut preseason games, it should be for player safety from a physical standpoint as far as getting injured Severely, if you're that worried about the virus, just pack it up till 2021. I mean, you might as well. 
At least, at least the players that didn't get drafted or the low end of the roster can come back next year and maybe get a crack at it. Although, yeah. albeit, give another shot. Here's the problem with that, Chris, is now you're bringing in a wave of low round undrafted draft picks from this year, and you're bringing in a wave of for the next following year. Now you have this huge wave of players, which I get it. Good competition. It is. So you just got, we're just going to see. I disagree with no preseason games. I like your idea of just having the players that need to prove if they right. can do it on the right, field. Yeah. Tom doesn't need to play. No. Gronk doesn't need to play. Lamar, Earl Thomas doesn't need to play. Patrick Mahomes probably wouldn't play anyway. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't need to play, probably wouldn't play anyway. Russell Wilson doesn't need to play. Like I, I can go down a list of players. Who, oh, yeah. You know these guys are making the team. They're making no the point. team. There's no and, point, right. Like, there were years Tom did not play in a preseason game. So, you just be smart about it and give these other players an opportunity to step onto the field. Otherwise, you're going to lose at least one, maybe two years of players who could have maybe contributed for at least three or four seasons. They're going to miss out. We got some players that did not miss out because on top of Patrick Mahomes getting just about everything under the sun the Kansas City Chiefs could give him a few weeks ago. If you talk to Chris Jones, that's not correct. Yeah, well, I talked to Patrick Mahomes at Cowan. He will disagree. (laughs) Uh, We had the uh, franchise player um, extension date. So basically what I was writing, um, it's the date that the franchise player that was tagged they have till that date okay. to sign an extension. That date has now passed. We had a few sign extensions. We did. I was stunned about one of them. Yeah, one I of was them. Not, yeah, one of them. Yeah. If you remember, me. I, I, I don't want to pat myself on the back too much, Chris. But if you remember correctly, when we talked about Patrick Mahomes' contract, yeah, I know where you're going. I know where you're going with this. This was going to open he the did. door for Chris, Jones for Chris Jones to sign a contract. And he did. Because Although, the, the way they structured it. I do wonder if Patrick Mahomes and Chris Jones single-handedly, or I guess double-handedly because there's two of them, mm-hmm. can bring that Chiefs dynasty they say they're trying to bring to Kansas City when they have so much of the money wrapped up in two players now. Uh, well, if if I were the Chiefs, if I were the Chiefs, I wouldn't have. I would have looked Watkins. elsewhere to invest that money, other than Chris Jones. I like Chris Jones. I think he affected the game. Tremendously in the Super Bowl. Oh, you could see the difference. Yeah, for sure. That being said, he's not earth-shattering for the entire season. What are what are they going to lose over the next few seasons because they signed Chris Jones to this contract? And right now it's it's four and eighty with a max of eighty-five million. I don't know particulars. I don't know if it's front load or back load, what have you. But I know this: you don't you do not hand out. A total of $590 million of contracts in one offseason and not feel it at some point. Yeah. Now, are we saying in four years, because this is a four year contract, and what did we talk about with Patrick Mahomes? Asking me like a four year contract. Yeah, three, four years, he'll be restructuring that. Yeah. So, what are we saying? In four years, that the, the Chiefs dynasty is going to end or. It'll be rebuilt into something new? No, I don't think so. They're going to be competitive still. They'll be competitive, but I just think 
I would have put the money elsewhere. That's just me. I would have put the money elsewhere. I mean, the idea that a guy got got a 10-year, half-billion-dollar contract, and he's going to go around touting. And I like, again, I'm a big Patrick Mahomes fan. I think he's tremendous. But the fact that he apparently is going around touting that he left money on the table so he, his team could still be competitive he was, is he, absolutely asinine. He texted, I think he texted or tweeted uh, Chris Jones that he left money on the table for, for him. If you want to leave money on the table, Patrick, okay. you could have gone 10 for 300, which is still obscene. You probably would have seen just about every dime of that. Right. And you would have still had um, other other incentives and sponsorships and all that kind of thing. And we know they're going to restructure. They're going to restructure in a few years. Loaded it all the time. You could have front-loaded it. You could have gave all these guarantees. Heck, you could have done what uh, Kirk Cousins did and guaranteed all the money and made it really easy for them to figure out the contract. But I don't know. I think, I think uh, amazingly, I think the 4-80 and 80 is going to affect the team greater than the 10 and 503. Oh, I do too because they're going to have a hard time. There's less wiggle room in that contract because the, the 10 years from Mahomes, like we said, that's going to be a three-year, four-year contract max. Right. And Patrick Mahomes is still going to be a Kansas City Chief when those years are done. Don't get us wrong. He's probably going to be, like I said, for the better part of his career, if not his entire career. But they're going to restructure to make it more team-friendly right. like they did now. They didn't have – They had, I think it was legitimately like – Seventy at one point in this offseason, like seventy three dollars in cap space. It was it was it, it was comically low, and then they restructured and they got they made some things work. Right. They were only able to sign Chris Jones to an extension because of what they did with Mahomes' contract, and they moved some of this money from you know point A to point B, and they made some bonus Watkins money. Watkins took a cut too. Yeah, Watkins took a cut. Um. I would have preferred them just to... I think he should have just been cut. Right. Honestly, I don't think he's ever... I mean, he's an NFL-caliber talent, but he's so inconsistent and so so many health issues, and he's not worth the contract he had. Um, Especially when you have other young, fast, talented receivers waiting in the wings. You could have let him go. But, yeah, the Mahomes deal, there's just more room to move things around. Right. Whereas Chris Jones, even if a lot's guaranteed... You're going to get to year three of that contract, and you're going to be in year three of Patrick Mahomes' extension. And, oh, by the way, Tyreek Hill signed a three-year extension this offseason. I don't know if this was the first year of that contract or if next year is the first year because it was an extension. But if that's the case, it's also going to be Tyreek Hill's contract uh, coming up. At the same time, you have those two. Who knows what Kelsey's situation is? I mean, obviously a lot of people know, but I haven't looked it up. This team... Look, they're going to be good. They're going to be competitive. But if they want anything close to a dynasty that they think they're building down there, they're going to have to get some magicians with the cap into that place because they have just spent obscene money on two players. And it's going to be really, really hard for them four or five years down the road, if not sooner. I give it three. And they're really going to start to struggle to keep quality players because they have Mahomes as the highest paid player in the league. Congratulations. But, I mean, nobody's good enough to win it by themselves. Nobody. We've, we've established that in football. So if they can't afford to re-sign Tyree Kill and these other guys don't pan out or they get injured and Kelsey leaves because he can't afford him. Or if, or if Tyreek has an issue. 
Tyreek has an issue. Or if Mahomes, I hope this is not the case, because like I said, I don't wish injury on anybody, but if he suffers an injury and he's not the same player. You already have one this year. This team is in a lot of trouble. If that, if so, I, and then we can say this anyway, but if that offensive line leaks again. Yeah. Because it leaked a lot. The reason why he got injured this past season because his line leaked a little bit and got him injured. And they're not going to be able to re-sign great offensive linemen with no cap room because they... Well, they already don't have great ones, so what they have... Yeah, I guess. They yeah. may not be able to re-sign them. So, again, Chris Jones's full contract is not out yet. So I don't know where it's going to be loaded. But you're right. There's there's so much talent on the field. And you, you just... I just can't see... They, they're running it back is what they're doing. They're running it back. And... And what I mean by that, I mean they're taking what the team they had last year yep. and pretty much just bringing the Kinda whole thing Kind of duplicate it, bringing it all back because they think they're going to get the same result, uh, which is a – people out there who know we're Patriots fans are going to just say we're hating, but it's not the case. How many times do you see teams just try to run it back? And it not work. And it does not work. It didn't – it, well, even, even the Patriots, they'd win the Super Bowl and then they'd release a top player. They wouldn't resign a top player. Right. What are they thinking? That player helped them get here. Yeah, he helped them get there last year. Is it going to help them this year? Coaching staff would see the writing on the wall. And it was, okay, these were a certain set of circumstances helped this player be what they were. Not going to have the same set of circumstances next year. We're going to put the money somewhere else, and we're going to move on. And then, yeah, they had some lulls in there where they weren't, you know, a Super Bowl caliber team, but they stayed competitive the entire time. And that was a 20-year period. Because they didn't get attached to the talent that got them there. So, we'll see how it works out for Kansas City. It'll, it'll be, it'll, one thing's for certain, it will be interesting. So, I'll say this, Chris. <clears throat> Your Tyreek Hill prediction about his contract? Yep. Slightly off. What's that? Because there's an out after this season. Oh, is there? There's an out. And okay. a lot of his guaranteed money um, is pretty much already paid out. There's some left for next year, but not. He'll have 5.3 in dead cap um, if he got cut after the 2020 season. So there's basically $5 million after the season's over left in guaranteed money. So either A, ready? Either A, they want to keep him around, right? So they'll sign him an extension, push the cap, make it friendly for them, what have you. Or B, and this is the likely scenario because we still it happened with Julio Jones, um, there's murmurs of reason why uh, Hopkins got traded, and I'm probably missing one or two other ones, but the wide receiver that has lost all their guaranteed money, not lost, but they have already accumulated it, and all that's left is performance-based money or roster, roster bonuses, basically your, your day-to-day salary is left the money that they have to work for is gone basically the 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 guarantee's gone it's you're just looking at that right what what we would call our weekly uh paycheck well what usually happens to a diva wide receiver when they get their their guaranteed money's gone and all that's left is that performance-based money oh they prove why they're diva wide receivers yeah and he's I don't know if he'll hold out. I mean, this this leaves an open door open for them to cut him, but at 26 years old, going to age 27, I don't see them cutting Tyreek. Uh, they're not going to. They're going to resign him. He's, they're not cutting him. So that leads to your scenario of who's going to go. 
because you can't sign Chris Jones and Patrick Mahomes one offseason and then come back the following season and sign Tyreek Hill to a massive contract, which he now has a Super Bowl ring on his on his finger. So that brings a little extra. They made the mistake also. I don't know what I don't know what the Chiefs the Chiefs issue is here. It's one thing to have players know you value them. Right. But the Chiefs came out before Patrick Mahomes, not Patrick Mahomes, excuse me, before Tyreek Hill had some legal troubles the previous offseason. And they said they are working on an extension. The team said this to make him the highest paid wide receiver in the game. Why the hell would you do that? Not not why would you make him the highest paid? I'm not asking that. He's su- he's super talented on the field. But why would you make that announcement? Why would you show all your cards? This is the Chiefs. It's just not smart. Did the same thing with Patrick Mahomes. We're going to make sure Patrick has the highest contract ever. Okay, great. You value your talent. That's awesome. So in three years down the road, when your fans are going, we won Super Bowl 54. What the hell happened? Well, half a million dollars, half a billion dollars later, <laughs> we couldn't afford anybody else. Like, and, and, and it doesn't make sense. Here's your point. And here, this will hammer in your point about Tyreek Hill. Currently, he is ranked fourth in um, wide receiver cap hit rankings. So, number one is Julio. Two is Mike Evans. Three is A.J. Green because of the the um, franchise tag, which we'll get to in a second. Yep. And four is Tyreek Hill. And funny, funny we should mention Tyreek Hill because right after him is Sammy Watkins. Yeah, and that's, he did that's take so, a, that's he so did take a pay cut. we got to remember that. But still, that's still it's oh, guaranteed money. I don't blame Sammy Watkins. Because like I said, I'm not blaming anybody for getting their money. Because if you came to me with that kind of contract and said, Hey, Chris, we're going to give you this, this much money to do anything. Just about anything. I'm signing that contract. Yeah, let's be very clear about that last part. I mean, as far as sports you Eddie goes, let's not, let's not get weird. Um, but no, I, I'm signing that contract, no problem. So I'm not hating anybody. No. I'm just saying from a Chiefs standpoint, it's not very intelligent to sit there and say... We're going to make this guy the highest paid ever. So then our fans can say, we have the highest paid quarterback ever. That's awesome. And it's great when you're winning. But in three years, Not when even a restructure doesn't save you, <laughs> you're winning, you know, your once MVP caliber quarterback is running for his life because you cannot afford an offensive line. You can't afford to sign any decent running backs. Andy Reid might, who knows how long he'll be coaching. He says he's still got a while. And hopefully he does because he's a good coach. Right. I mean, they're gonna man. I don't think Patrick Holmes is ever gonna be seven and nine, six and ten. He's just I, I he's think just he's too talented. Too good to he's just too damn talented. But without any help around him, he could be on some ten win teams, which isn't a travesty. But it's not the dynasty you're thinking of. So well, it's just it, it's at some point you got to You got to stop from a front office running your organization to get likes on Twitter. And running it to actually compete five years down the road. Not just likes on Twitter, likes from your players on Twitter. And then I'll punch a hole in your uh, your statement. Travis Kelsey's contract's up at the end of next year. I mean, let, uh, oh yeah. So, so is it, <laughs> what is, how 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 are you doing so, that? So how are you signing him and Tyreek? Yeah, and I get I get. Oh well, Ben, they're kind of structuring it so uh, things stagger. Okay, you can say that what you want, but until I see Chris Jones's full contract and what it looks like and how it's structured. I'm still going to sit here and tell you. In four years, they're going to restructure Patrick Mahomes. In, before that time happens, they're going to have to figure out Frank Clark. 
They're going to have to figure out Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Who am I forgetting, Chris? Uh, you're going to have who knows whatever McCall Hardman is by that point. Yeah, because that's three years down the road. And, well, he might still be under his rookie rookie deal. Maybe. But you still have to figure out. Was he a first-round pick? I think he was second. Okay, then he, I think, this is and going it might into his actually, second year. So for four years down the road, he's already passed his first contract. Right, he might, it might actually make it worse, depending on how he performs. But that, And that's just the outside pieces. And, and we're majoritarily talking about the offense. What are we not discussing, except for Chris Jones? The defense at all. And yeah. we know how much of a, a crapshoot their secondary is outside of Tyron Matthew. And they have a nice uh, safety in Thornhill. I think he's a good player. But their secondary needs work. Their linebacking core is suspect at best. They have some nice players, but when those nice players win Super Bowls, what do those nice players want to do? They want to maximize their their money. Yep. Their money. So I don't know offhand. The only one I know really know is Anthony Hitchens, and he's he's progressing in his career. I'll say politely like that. But the other players that are, are kind of fresher, newer, younger, they're going to want their money. And they're not going to sit there and, and look at Patrick Mahomes and be like, oh, yeah, you took a pay cut, so I'll, so will I. Patrick Mahomes' pay cut is probably, oh, I didn't take. The fi- entirety of Chris I didn't Jones' t- contract. I didn't take $530 million. I took $503 million. Yeah. Whereas – some linebacker who is a decent starter, instead of getting four and four and thirty, he could say, "Oh, well, I'll take four and 20. His family ain't going to say that. He's going to want to maximize his his profits as soon as he can, and he probably ain't going to be with the Chiefs. So, well, we're gonna we're gonna get to some other players who who signed a franchise tender, didn't get an extension, but right. there was somebody else. On the same day that Mr. Chris Jones' contract was announced, that got an extension. That and I'm, was a, I'm glad he did. I am very glad this player got an extension. He deserved it. He played his ass off last year. He carried the team where he got him. And that would be Mr. Derrick Henry of the Tennessee Titans. Now, I said back, oh man, just about every pre-free agency, agency show we had, easy for me to say, that they should put the franchise tag on Ryan Tannehill and signed Derrick Henry to an extension. Right. And what did they do? They gave Derrick Henry the franchise tag and gave Ryan Tannehill an asinine amount of money. A ridiculous contract that I think, personally, may bite them in the ass down the, you know, down the stretch. We'll see. But Derrick Henry, four years for $50 million. I assume a good portion of that is guaranteed. And uh, this is a contract on Derrick Henry's part. Half of it is guaranteed. Okay, so he has 25 guaranteed out of the 50. It's a lot of money. And this is the kind of contract that, as long as he stays healthy, he's going to see just about every dime of this, I think. I don't think this is going to be one of those things where they're looking to cut him in two years because they have a guy who could still be a top performer three, four years down the road who's going to be making, especially at that point, a very affordable contract for what he contributes to the team. It really all depends on the team. Um, a lot of his his guaranteed um, first two years, his back two years will have like six million in guaranteed. So he does have a a potential out as far as the franchise uh, in the two years uh, after. So 
I just wish. I wish. I mean, he's seventh in cap hit. I guess you could call it. I don't know. I, maybe I'd rather go with AAV. I like AAV better. You like AAV better? I do. Yeah. I'm still fourth. Fourth. Fourth in average running back salary per year. So that's pretty good. I think that's pretty good for for Derrick Henry. I do too. Um, you can't, you can't, he's not really great at receiving. And and his first year, he'll get 15, and then it goes 10, 12, and 12.5. So it's up, it's down, and then it goes back up a little bit. And it all depends on if he plays. And again, the the out in 20, 2022, before the season starts, that can go both ways. Right. If he outperforms at age 27, and he hasn't hit that wall yet, and they feel like they can look at him and say, okay, Derek, we think you got four years left in you. We'll tear up this contract, and we'll give you a four-year contract worth $60 million. You don't know. I think I think he's worth the money. It's a smart move by Derek because then it positions him to say in two years, if he feels like he's outperforming it, to say, I'm outperforming it. Right, exactly. I think this... This is how this is how a team and a player can kind of come together and say, "Look, this is where where we're going to meet in two years." And say, if the team feels like, "Yeah, you don't have it anymore, you're gone," but the team needs to recognize the team in two years if he has outperformed that contract that we need to look at it and say, "Do we want to give him an extension, or is there another team in the league that's willing to give him an extension that we can trade him to and get him that extension?" Mm-hmm. That's what I think. If if you can have that partnership and understanding, that not only bodes well for the player and the and the organization, but it bodes well for the players down the road. That's just my opinion on it. No, it's it's it is smart. I mean, because you can take the one year franchise. Could have. But that's I thought it was what I was like sixteen or eighteen. Somewhere around there. And you're like, oh well, one at sixteen is is uh, a better. Average than two at twenty five. If you're talking guaranteed money, mm-hmm. it is. But to your point, now he gets twenty five million guaranteed over two years, plus you know other incentives and things like that. And I'm sure he's got all kinds of endorsements and stuff like that in the area. Right. So he's got all sorts of money coming in there. They know he's going to be there. People are going to be more invested in him. And instead of taking one year at the franchise tag. And then having two more, and then signing a four-year deal, and having two more years, where at the end of those two years he might be starting. It'll be three years away. He might be starting on the downswing. Like your he, projection, yeah, you're looking at age going from age 28 to age 29. Right. If if we went with that projection of him signing the franchise, franchise tag, tender. and then getting that four-year deal in 2021, then now he's, you're looking he's 31. At, when the two years are up and he's not getting a massive contract, re-signing at 31 going towards 32. Whereas, you might say, it's only a year. What difference does that make? It's All huge. the difference when it comes to contracts in the NFL. He can now say after two years, he could still run over the league for two more years and then say, well, I think I'm worth more now. I do want that restructure. Especially since I'm carrying the guy. And Ryan Tannehill, not right. back in Tannehill, just saying. We all watched all the playoffs last Tax year. Facts are facts, Chris. We also yeah, we all saw the playoffs last year, absolutely. You can say, um, you know, I'm carrying this guy essentially. He's making three times what I'm making. I think you gotta bump my salary up just a little bit. He'll get another fat guarantee, and he may only be 
the player he has been for another season or two after that. So in the long run, he's playing the long game here, and he's playing it smart. Oh, yeah, he is. So good for him. Uh, interesting. It's a running back position. It, it makes it really clever by Derrick Henry and his agent to just position themselves in a way, especially if he can – I don't know if he'll force his way out if, if it gets um, ugly, but it puts them in a position at age 27 – and and you're 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 exactly right. That one year between age 28 and 27 can be all. If I'm a team and I'm looking at a running back at age 28, I can be I can be safe and say, all right, he's got two years left on the deal. Am I going to pay for it at age 29, 30, and not have him? Whereas he's 27, and I look at it and say, okay, well, age 28, 29, um, and then I might need to have him an extension after that. Whereas I can just say, okay, well, let's tear it up now. And give you that three, four year contract. So now, now you're going to that age thirty one season, and maybe you're done. Maybe you're done after the age thirty one season. Maybe you're not. Maybe you can kind of stick around for a while, like a, a couple of these grizzled veterans. I, I don't know any names off the top of my head right now. Frank Gore, Adrian Peterson, and that's why you're here, Chris. Yeah. But that that's the, exactly the point why he's doing this. It's, he's just positioned him so well yep. right now, where he can do this. Whoever's advising him, I mean, it could just be Derrick Henry. I don't know. This could be all Derrick Henry. If it isn't, good on him. If it isn't, good on whoever he has advising him because they're giving him really good information, which you you don't see all the time. Sometimes you see some really dumb moves, like Belvin Gordon, whoever was telling him what to do. Probably shouldn't have a job anymore. But for Derrick Henry, good move. Some players did not get contract extensions. So, so we have the list of the franchise players that got that that signed their deal, but didn't sign an extension. We can go down real quick. Are there any ones you want to highlight, or do we want to get the one the interesting one that's all the way on the right side of the page? I mean, because we talked about that gentleman before. Yeah, I think the, the the one that stands out to me, again, I think the AJ Green. I don't quite understand it. Neither do I. From look, AJ Green when healthy is as talented a receiver in the, as there is in the game. The problem is the keyword there's healthy. And he has been often on the field for what seems like three years now. And they got a team that's rebuilding, trying to refocus with a whole new group of offensive weapons. And they pay A.J. Green essentially $18 million. And they have no idea if he's going to be ready or not to play. That's a lot of cap space for a team that really could have used it somewhere else. The one that's borderline amusing to me is Dak Prescott. Dak signed, I think it was, man, what was it, a $34 million uh, franchise tender. It was something along those lines. And then, of course, you know, you have Dak's brother tweeting out that he wasn't a Cowboys fan before, and they they couldn't work out a deal with Dak. So, man, he's not going to be a Cowboys fan for, for much longer because they really messed it up. Okay, they apparently had down to the last minute, I heard, that they were negotiating a contract with Dak Prescott and the Cowboys that would have paid him an annual uh, uh, salary of upwards of $30 million for like five years. So we're talking five for 150 if you're the Dallas Cowboys, be thankful 
that the time ran out on that one. Because Dak Prescott has never proven anything when it mattered. The division was on the line last year. Remember the NFC East? Oh, my God. The division that neither the Philadelphia Eagles or the Dallas Cowboys wanted to win. Now, the Eagles had massive injuries. And and, and depleted, multiple positions were depleted. And it wasn't until they finally figured out that they could use Miles Sanders for more than four plays a game that they started to turn it around. Dak Prescott could not beat, essentially, the Philadelphia Eagles practice squad with the division on the line. Yet he's going to go and say, I have never won a playoff game, and I want $40 million a year? Dak. Remember how I just said whoever's uh, advising Derrick Henry is really, really smart and they're giving him good information? The exact opposite for Dak Prescott. Whoever you're listening to, stop. Sign your $31 million tender, play your ass off, and just hope, hope, you have a good enough season. You can trick somebody into thinking you're a QB that can actually win in a clutch. Or get your big contract going into next year. Or go out and win it. Well, I mean, well, he's had one of the better offensive lines in the game, one of the best running backs in the game, decent receivers, a pretty good tight end for most of his career, and the guy's never even won a playoff game. So, I mean, I, I, I get it. I don't know how this team's going to do any better. I get it. I mean, I, I'm trying to balance this, Chris, because you know, I, oh, I get it. No, I, I don't I, want to go with my cousin. You know, I get it. I know. You, I know you love love Dak, but I mean, like, so it, it's funny. Because he's he's technically right now as far as cap hit ratings and I, I, we we like to go with the AAV, but you really can't go with the franchise tag AAV because it's really one more. yeah it's not yeah he's technically right now the highest cap hit player with the thirty one million uh, cap hit. because the franchise goes directly on the cap you can't break it right, down right, you can't right. you can't you make can't. an incentive or bonus like it's all cap. and it's and realistically he only makes four hundred nine thousand dollars more than. Russell Wilson. I say only. I, I mean, I wish I had that 409. Yeah, yeah, right, I might, yeah. We'd be doing this in a studio, not on your table. That being said, I think it's a mistake. It's a nice table. It is. It's a very nice table. It's solid, too. Yeah. It, it, it is a mistake that he doesn't sign a contract extension this year. And I say that for this. We don't know what's going to happen next year. Yep. We've talked about that, that the possibility of the salary cap dipping by almost 40 million Maybe. potentially maximum could be upwards of 80 million the owner the, the players can can poo poo the owners all they want about crying about money this is a salary cap you have x number of dollars to pay your players you're not going to inv- if if your drop it's like two almost 200 million right now drop it drops 50 million you're not going to pay a quarterback who has not won in the playoffs $30 million. You're going to find incredibly talented top-level players, if that happens, who don't have a team to play for in 2021. Especially if they don't wake up and, 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 and smell the roses. Now, they could just take a, a pillow contract one year and, and hope that everything rebounds and you see that, cal- that salary cap. Sure. Shoot up! I don't yep. mean just raise like ten or fifteen million, but if they see the trends and and the stadiums come back and everything comes back the following twenty twenty one season, you could see that influx of the twenty twenty two off season, where players are getting these gargantuan contracts because now teams are flush with cash because the the salary cap went from 
let's say it dropped to 150, goes from 150 to 210. That is a ton of money for a team to spend. Oh, absolutely. Especially so, when you can you can make some of the bonuses and do what the Chiefs did, where you can really make it work for you. So now, if I'm Dak, if I'm Dak, I look at it. I say, okay, I signed the franchise tag this year. If I signed the franchise tag next year, what's it going to look like? I don't know. I assume I assume it would be. It'll the rules will be the same, and they'll still have the average of the top five position, and they'll still be the same. As far as paid uh, paid quarterbacks, but then what if what if the Dallas Cowboys don't put the franchise tag on them? Right. Then they just say, "No, we we actually Dak financially we can't put the franchise tag on you. We have to offer you X, and we actually have to ask some players to take a pay cut because the salary cap. Again, this is not." This is not baseball where the owners can pay as much as they want, yep. and it's just luxury tax. This is like every other sport that has, here's your floor, here's your max. You have to, st- you have to keep it in between that. Look, we, we can say all we want about, you know, Dak's a nice story. He's a late-round draft pick who's ended up, you know, making good and being a Fantastic. very, very good player. Dak Prescott is not an elite top-level quarterback. He is not in the same tier as a Patrick Mahomes. Oh. He's not there. He's not. And I know I know guys like, you know, Brady and Breeze have, you know, there's, you know, quote, unquote, diminished skills because of age and everything. They were, in their prime, top-level guys. Like Ali Peyton Manning, even a guy like Aaron Rodgers who has a championship and has had playoff success. Dak is not any of those guys. Could he get there? Maybe at some point. But there's a reason Jerry Jones saw the writing on the wall and brought in Andy Dalton for pretty high money for two years. The second one's an option, but yeah. yeah. Two years. But two years. Yeah, it's not an option if Dak doesn't resign. All right. <laughs> um, bring him in for, like I said, pretty high money, but very affordable if the salary cap were to go to crap next year. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can say what you want about Andy Dalton, but... He didn't have a whole lot to work with the last few years. He was in Cincinnati, and he himself was not great. But he's won the exact same amount of playoff games as, as uh, Dak Prescott has. So let that sink in. Yeah, you're you right. Get, you, you I, did a, the breakdown. <laughs> I think I did the breakdown, and it yeah. was very, very – I saw the numbers, and it was very bad. You got Andy Dalton, who had essentially – I mean, Joe Mixon was decent last year, but Dalton wasn't playing a lot of the season last year. Essentially a, a pretty bad offensive line. A very weak running game. Receivers that couldn't stay healthy. Uh, Bengals usually had a pretty decent defense, but that doesn't help him score points, usually. Or you have Dak, who had elite-level line, pretty damn good receivers, overrated, but pretty good. One of the top, if not for a few years there, the top running back in the game. And he's going to want $40 million. Dalton's going to sign for, I don't know, seven to nine per year. If you're Jerry Jones, what are you going to do? Right. Okay, Dak, sorry. Like, I tried. We tried making you the guy. You turned down $30 million a year annually. And if, and if you so, look at the landscape of I, the... If you look at the landscape of the NFC East next year, we went over this when we talked about that big uh, salary uh, cap... cap hit, um, that, uh, the salary cap hit. We talked about the Eagles, right? Yeah. How... They're already hurting 
if it maintains, yeah, it's gonna get real ugly if it drops. Real bad. And then the Giants, they're still young and up and coming. We don't know what they could become. And then Washington's Washington. Do I need to really dive into that? No. Hot mess. Whatever, whatever they're going to be called for the foreseeable future. So if you look at it, you could go in with a steady but probably sub-average quarterback in Andy Dalton and still have all those weapons and maybe pull out a win. And I don't mean like a win, like a, a regular season win. I mean like a division win. Because what are the Eagles? The Eagles are going to have to strip that team if it drops 40, 50, 60 million dollars in, in, in cap. It, they're just going to have to. I, I, I understand I don't know all the ins and outs of the salary cap. I do. But you, you can't tell me I'm looking at their salary cap at negative, what was it, negative $56 million next year. It's ridiculous. I don't know how it gets to that point. The, the way they structured stuff is, is the best way I can look at it. But you can't tell me they already need to, if the, the, the cap stays the same number, they already need to lose money. And then if it drops more, they're going to have to lose more. They're going to have to cut players. Good players, too. Good Big players. Big players. And when I look like at the... A certain starting quarterback who you seem to be not very fond of. I am not fond of him. But that, 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 that goes to everybody else as well. And when I look <laughs> at... The thing that you Jalen Hurts, huh? I mean... I don't want to say Jalen Hurts would be the answer, but if it well, if he, he would be the answer if the question was who do we have start after we cut Carson Wentz? Yes, <laughs> that would be the exact answer. But so. I mean, if he gets injured again and Jalen Hurts has to go in and start playing, then we might then the Eagles fans would have to have a conversation. The well, one player, yeah, one I, player. I, I want to just give real yeah. brief okay. on on Bud Dupree, just real quick. Sure. He had double-digit sacks for the first time in his career this past season, and they gave him the franchise tag. And they want him to be part of the future. They want to give him an extension. I don't understand. I understood the uh, being enamored with him coming in, out of the draft. I understand it. Supremely talented out of K- Kentucky, I believe it was. He got on the field. He's a little undersized at linebacker. He, did, he can't quite get around the corners as good as they say he could. And, yes, he got the sacks this year. But what was the effect on that? Was it T.J. Watt? Was it Hayward having a full season? They right. just lost one of their other interior linemen. I don't remember his name. I thought they would resign him. I don't remember his name. He went to the Eagles. Yeah. Fun fact, he went to the Eagles, signed a big contract. I don't know, and, and I know they have Mika Fitzpatrick. They have some good uh, corners. My point is that's an investment. And you're going to invest – you can invest that one year, that's fine, and see if he has it. And if he drops below double digits, you you know Bud Dupree's not the answer at linebacker. Plus, you have T.J. Watt and you have Devin Bush, and those are just the two off the top of my head. I think there's a third one in there, but I can't uh, put my name – put my finger on his name. Bud Dupree is not the answer. He's a nice situational pass rush outside linebacker. He can't cover. He can't put his hand on the ground because he's too undersized. So you want to do it for one year? Great. But if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers and you think this is the second coming of Jason Gilden, 
Oh boy, you're gonna be yeah. hurting for years. You got some talent. You got a resign coming up. But if you don't know who Jason Gilden is, look him up. Oh, one player did not sign an extension or the franchise. And and I'm not surprised. I don't think either of us are surprised. Nope. This uh, Yannick Njaku. I said it right. Nice, Chris. It. Way, you know way to way to handle Jacksonville that. Jaguars, who told the team he would not sign a franchise tag. He did not want to be there. He wanted to be traded. They did not train him. He did not sign the franchise tender. He still can sign the franchise tender at any point. Oh, yeah. They just can't do a contract extension. Right. They just I, can't do I, an extension. In the back of my mind, I knew that. I don't know why I said that. But, yeah. So, I mean... There's, what do they do? do there's they rumors. Have him sign it. I mean, do, there's rumors have... that there's been offers on the table to the Jags. Yeah, they're just not taking them. No, they want this guy here, but he doesn't want to be here. There, there comes a point. It, I, I'll equate it to the same situation. I know I do this every time, but it's the same. It's pretty much the same situation. It just they cut it off earlier than than with Yannick and Jaku, Mika Fitzpatrick with the Dolphins, Flores. Said, do you want to be here, yes or no? Mika gave him an honest answer. I am generalizing it because I wasn't in the conversation. All I know is the Dolphins said, okay. Oh, look, Pittsburgh Steelers are willing to give us a first and what was it, third, I think? I think so, yeah. Yeah, pretty sure. Good, we'll take it. You're telling me you can't get a first-round pick for Yannick Njaku? You're telling me that right now, that they're not getting an offer for a first-round pick for a team to get a 25-year-old Pass rusher at the top of his game. Oh, double-digit sacks? What, the last three seasons? Yes. If not if not all four. I mean, he's he's been – you couldn't ask for more. I understand you can't go to the Houston Texans and bleed them again. Well, they don't have The Dolphins class, already so. did that. But you know who probably would give you a first-round pick? I don't know if he offered it or not, but Pete Carroll would. Pete Carroll probably looked at that talent and says that's – Good talent right there. I'll give you a first-round pick for him. You know what? Especially when they're talking about bringing back Jadavian Clowney. Well, they can't figure out the money. That's the thing. They can... But I'd give it to Yannick Njaku. You bring in Njaku, who has a much higher motor than Clowney. Motor? Who's going to come in and change the face of that defense. Motor, more consistent. Yep. Has proven it on the field. Has proven that he is an... Could be an integral part of the defense. And you pair him with Shaquille Griffin... And I'm forgetting other players. I mean, Bobby Wagner's – I don't want to disrespect Bobby Wagner, but he is on the tail end of his career. He's still a talented player, though. Still talented. And with a guy like Njaku there to help take some of the load off him, he could extend, extend, his, extend his quality of play. Yeah. And, and, and that'll have to put more focus on Yannick Njaku where that will free up Bobby Wagner. And make, he can make more plays. And, and I'm just giving you an example off the top of my head. I guarantee – the Cleveland Browns are probably considering it. Like they wanted it. Did they not want to sign Javion Clowney? Oh, they said they wanted to. They couldn't get. They wanted. They wanted to sign him long term. I think. Right. And he said that he only wanted. He didn't want to go sign long term. For that money, he wanted more per year. I don't know. He was. But my point is, yeah. is they're in the market, and I don't think they've they've pissed away their first round picks. You don't think that Cleveland would probably say, here's a first-round pick for Yannick and Jaku? Oh, yeah. And now we can add him to this defense, this talented team defense, and we're restarting with a new uh, head coach, offensive coordinator. We're having a new direction, and we're going to bring in this super-talented 
But yet, for some reason, you, they just can't figure out what they're going to do. And I, I put that blame on the front office of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Ever since well, Tom Coughlin's left, it's just been downhill from there. Well, I mean, the uh, the Browns may not trade for Njaku, but they have locked up their first-round pick from a few years ago. Oh, yeah, that's why they're not going to do it. Oh, I forgot about that. Miles Garrett, they signed him to a five-year, $125 million extension. So, Miles Garrett. Now, the face of Cleveland's defense, if he wasn't already, one of the faces of the team, uh, he's had some discretions on the field, some questionable conduct, to say the least. Everyone insists this guy's a good guy. I'm not one way or the other. I don't know. I don't know him. Never met him. Uh, I'd say certainly some temper issues on the field when he gets riled up, but don't know what kind of person he is. But five for 125 for a defensive player that has not really helped your team win anything. How wise is this? I don't know. I, I don't have I have the contract in front of me. I don't have the numbers in front of me though. They're not there. They're not available. All that's available is he's getting fifty, guaranteed. Fifty guaranteed. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <clears throat> Rephrase that. Fifty guaranteed when he signed. So obviously he's got fifty million dollars. He gets another hundred. Hundred million. Oh, total. I'm sorry, total. I'm trying to read this as I'm talking. So he gets fifty. And he'll get another fifty guaranteed over the rest of the contract, whatever. But so it's happens. five for a hundred, not one twenty-five. Five for one twenty-five. So he gets he gets. I'm trying to read this while we're talking. Yeah, yeah. Let me let me make this very specific. He gets fifty of his hundred million guaranteed on side. Oh, of the guarantee. Okay, I got gotcha, you. And he gets gotcha. fifty. Just uh, I don't know where it is. Dis- dispersed over the next couple of years. Probably the next okay. two or three years. It's yeah. not available. It's it's honestly I know this is a, a sidetrack. It's astonishing how I can get Derrick Henry's contract like that, yet I can't get information on Chris Jones, and I have little pieces on. Well, all depends on what you're. I, I understand. Yeah. I I get it, but how long was it till we got Patrick Mahomes' contract? It was a few hours. We're, yeah, we're got talking that about, one out real quick. We're talking about days from these a uh, couple of these contracts yeah. being signed, and we don't have it. That being said. I don't really know how I feel about this guy. Um, I told you, because you asked me when his first incident of um, a pa- not pass interference, a uh, personal foul. Um, he it was against the Jets last year. I, right. And he you damn, asked near, he damn near ran the guy over. It looked, like, it looked like a dirty play to me, and I asked you if he was dirty, and you I said, no, nah, not really. Yeah. No history. And a couple weeks later, then we have the incident. Yeah, Mason Rudolph, where he tried so to like the a face of the helmet. But I don't. He had 10 sacks last year in 10 games. He had 13 sacks the year before in his rookie season. He didn't play a full season because he was, I think, I believe he had an injury at the beginning of the season. He's an impactful player. Sure. He's a disruptor. He's the kind of defensive end slash defensive lineman you want. It's worth it if he could keep his head straight. That's all I'm going to say. I'd rather have him than Jadavian Clowney. I'll put you like that. Oh, I would too. I would too, absolutely. The I, risk, here's the risk. The risk with Jadavian is you don't know, not not day in and day out, not week in and week out, play in and play out. Yeah. You don't know which Moment one to moment, you don't know. Yeah. Whereas Miles Garrett, you know what you're going to get, but is Miles Garrett 
Can Miles Garrett curb? Can Can Miles Garrett change himself the way Indomit and Sue should have earlier right. in his career? Right. Had 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 Sue been able to curb that? I mean, you want the nastiness. You want the ruthless aggression. You want the intensity, yeah. But you don't want the outright dumb plays. Right. And that's what you got to look at: is is can Miles Garrett take those, eliminate those dumb plays, and be an effective player on the level? I mean, I'll go. But Richard Seymour is how I see it. Although probably a little more talented than Richard, but that's how I see him: big frame, athletic, can work up and down the line, but he has more pass rush ability than. And then it might also be the system because we know how. Uh, Bill uses the uh, defensive line in New England. I like it. I just, I'm not in love with it. Yeah, I, I mean, part of me wonders. Uh, hear me out here. Sure. Do you think that the Cleveland Browns saw you know little ten games last year? Then he got suspended. Mm-hmm. The previous year he played very well. His rookie year didn't play a whole season, so. It is somewhat of a limited exposure. Right. But it hasn't, you know, last year wasn't injury. It was self-inflicted. Do you think they decided to give this guy franchise player money because they need something to show for those back-to-back first picks? Oh, because you're... Because. Baker Mayfield, right? Baker rookie year... Came in, didn't know what to expect, played very well. Baker last year didn't even look like the same player from his rookie season, and he had more talent around him. Right. Now, Freddie Kitchens did not appear to be somebody you would want to lean on to lead your team. That was probably the biggest mistake. Right. So, could be a case of just poor management, uh, poor coaching. Baker could come out this year with a new coaching staff and do phenomenally well and be the player everyone thinks he is. By the way, the player I think he is too. I think this guy's really good. I don't think what I'm about to say is the case as far as it'll pan out this way. But part of me almost thinks the Browns are like, we had back-to-back first overall picks. Miles Garrett, we know we have something. Yeah, there's things that we have to work with him on. But we know we got something. We can't not sign him, let him walk. And then have Baker not be the player we think he is. Then we had another situation. We had back-to-back first-round picks. In five years down the road, we have nothing to show for it. Well, and they actually had, like, three. Was it three? Because the two, the two in one year was Baker Mayfield and Denzel Ward. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. Now, Denzel is a... I like Denzel Ward, although he is from, from there. Ohio State. Yes. Yeah. But I think he's a tremendous player. He's got tremendous talent. He's a first round pick. Actually, he went higher than yeah. He was the fourth round, fourth pick overall, higher than Baker Mayfield. But let's face it, Baker Mayfield's the guy people remember from that draft, right? So Denzel's kind of an aftermath, but Denzel was the more talented player, right? I like what Denzel brings to the table. I like his ability as a, a number one corner. I don't know if he's a shutdown corner yet, but you're you're putting. You have your three pillars right there. A, a nice lockdown corner, an impact defense alignment, and you're obviously your starting quarterback, and you're filling around that. 
And let's not forget what they have that they can't figure out. Well, we'll, we'll blame, again, we'll put it on Freddy Kittens. <laughs> um, they couldn't figure out what to do with Nick Chubb. Maybe Stefanski can do that. Stefanski is the uh, new head coach. I believe he came from Minnesota. Yeah, well, I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out. You give Nick Chubb the ball 20 times a game, and you, you throw three or four passes to the direction minimum, and you make him the focal point of your offense, and you build around that. Like, well, my, my point is is that I believe Stefanski's from Minnesota, uh, Minnesota Vikings. And who did he have? Probably one of the best running backs in the game, Dalvin Cook. Right. So I think if he can bring – and I'm pretty sure Stefanski um, is the head coach, and I believe he's from uh, Minnesota. I thought it was going to be um, Josh McDaniels, but then they surprised everybody by yeah. by picking him. But then that's, your, that's another – although Nick Chubb's a second-round pick, which went home. It was a second round pick, wasn't he? I think so. It was early second round. Yes, yeah. it was early because I think he was the first pick in the second round. Because we should have, we should have had him in New England. But that's a nice core you've built, and I think you're right on that. Is that they're trying to establish their core, maybe by force, to make sure that they can present to their fan base. This is not the old Browns. This is the new Browns, and we have this nice base of players that we're building around with Miles Garrett, Baker Mayfield, Denzel Ward, Nick Chubb. You know, we're just collecting these talented players. We're putting them together, and then all we have to do is fill in pieces here and there, and we're going to build a juggernaut to try to beat the Ravens, the Steelers, and maybe fight with the Chiefs for the AFC title. They're far away from that I'm not even counting the receivers and tight ends I'm not even going there yet they have a nice core and this is probably the start you're probably right this is probably the start of just showing them that this is a core of what we're going to have for the future what's it going to produce I don't know because the biggest Miles Garrett's not the biggest X factor we know what the biggest X factor is that's Baker Mayfield right 100%. 100%. Miles Garrett could go on to get to break the sack record next year. And if Baker isn't any better than he was in 2019, you're still looking at a team that doesn't make the playoffs. Did Michael, when Michael Strahan broke the record. Yeah. Giants were Did, not a competitive were team. Were nothing. No. This was pre-2011 when they beat the Patriots. They were nothing. Brett Favre was still the quarterback of the Packers. So, yeah. It was a while. All right. Last topic. It appears, although baseball, baseball is slated to have opening day this coming Thursday. Yep. And it appears that the country of Canada has told the Toronto Blue Jays they are not going to be able to play in Canada. So you now have a team three days away from a season with nowhere to play. Good job, Rob. Yep. Rob Manfred strikes again. Uh, we're already we're running a little bit long here. We're not gonna we're not gonna dive too deep into this, but we'll, we'll, I'm sure I'm sure with some actual live sports to discuss, should this whole shindig actually go down, we have opening day on Thursday. 
Ben and I have plenty to discuss from a baseball standpoint for Friday's show. But how does this happen? Um, and I know Rob Manfred. I get it. I mean, I, that's my default is going there. But I mean, there's more involved. There's more. Look, I have said it numerous occasions. I am never, never at. Yeah, I never have a bad reason to blame Rod Manfred for screwing something up in the world of baseball. However, there's a lot of people along the line here who need to miss steps to know you cannot play in an entire country three days before you're scheduled to. This wasn't a surprise. Everyone knew what was going on, and now they just the Blue Jays just can't play there? Uh, <laughs> how? How? So, how far does, can this incompetence go on? Can, Come on. Can I call BS on, on Rob Manfred in baseball? I, I want to call BS. If you got some actual actual, you know, the, numbers and stats or stories, then yeah. What's today's date? Uh, when we started recording, Chris. Oh, we started recording? Uh, July 20th. They don't play a home game till the 29th. Okay. They knew this was going to be a problem. When they, when they made this schedule... They finally realized in the back of their head when they started putting this schedule together. Now you could say, well, no, Ben, this is just the way it rolled out. No, 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 no. They knew that this was going to be a problem. So like, okay, let's let's push it as far as we can, their first official home game, so we can figure this out. Right. So now they can figure out, you know, the first week, by the end of the first week, okay, we have the, you know, because they're talking with the Pittsburgh Pirates, and apparently the Pirates will welcome them in. And they'll try to work together to make it work. But now you're just going to blow apart your whole... I mean, I understand the Red Sox and the Yankees and the Mets and, and the and are all playing um, East teams. So everything, you know, up and down the, the Eastern Seaboard. Right. But now you're extending... Now, now you... Here's where, Chris, your favorite word... Consistency. Yeah. You've now, you've basically said only central teams are going to play in this area. Now you're pulling all the east teams, even though it is in the same state. You're pulling them out to, cent- uh, to, to western Pennsylvania. Right. What's the difference between them playing the Toronto Blue Jays and the New York Yankees playing in western Pennsylvania than... The Chicago White Sox and the New York and the New York Yankees playing in Chicago, Illinois. I, I don't know the. I'm sure exa- there's an, an you know insert or something about a narrative here. I don't know but. the exact mileage, but all right, well maybe Cleveland, Ohio, Cleveland would be better. I think it's probably closer than probably. I don't know a map. Geogra- geography not strong right now. My point is is that they're. They're, make, they're they're being inconsistent. They're they're pulling the rules to try to help themselves out. What they've done from the beginning. Yes. Which is the reason this whole thing's been a total mess. Like, why wouldn't you just say, okay, we want to keep all the teams in the Eastern Seaboard? I understand that you're you're trying to funnel, so maybe you don't have teams in the Central that potentially play a team in the East, and there's an East the coronavirus hits the East. Well, you can possibly still play central because they haven't crossed right right well now you might have that problem by just 
the Pittsburgh by, by just the Toronto Blue Jays playing in PNC Park. Well, you couldn't you just play, you, couldn't you just find a stadium that's suitable? One of the minor league stadiums that's in New England that is not being used. Oh, play there. There is so many college stadiums. They're not going to have fans there anyways. There minor are so many not playing at all. What's that? Minor league's not yeah. playing at all. Minor league stadiums, college stadiums. There's no. You could go in there. Look, you could you could fit a stadium for a regulation size major league baseball field in a matter of hours with the professionals and and, and the resources that this league has. They the problem MLB is having is they waited. They didn't think outside the box. Right. They thought because this is what baseball does. They, they can't have anything be different. I'm, I'm shocked they actually agreed to have a universal DH. They had to have, like, you still had to travel around. You couldn't have, like, the NBA bubble. You couldn't have, like, the NHL where they're keeping everybody in a relatively the same area. Same with the WNBA. Like I said, NBA is going to be down in wide world of sports complex. All these leagues knew the biggest problem would be travel. Would be even a private plane has to take off from an airport. Correct. There are other people at airports. I am not one of the highly paid schmucks who misinforms Rob Manfred, and even I know that. And yet here we are, two days before opening day, and you have an, ent- an entire franchise that is not being allowed to play in the country that they play in because you didn't have the foresight of reserving a wider of a sports complex. Of finding somewhere where you could get seven or eight baseball diamonds and just play the games. Have each diamond, two games a day, or however many you needed to make it work. Keep these guys wherever they need to stay and get the season done, if you're going to do it. Again, like the NFL. If you're not going to be able to do it in a way that makes sense, just don't do it. It, <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's inconsistency. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. You wanted to keep all the time zones together, all the East, the A- the AL and NL East. You wanted to keep them all together. You wanted to keep this AL and NL Central together. You wanted to keep the AL and AL, AL West together. I understand if you're gonna sit, if you're one of those. Well, Ben, you're really nitpicking. It's just the Blue Jays. No, it's not just the Blue Jays. It's the Blue Jays and the other teams that they're going to face are going to be going to PNC Park. Right. And now you have, instead of whatever number of teams it is playing potentially playing in PNC Park, now you're doubling it. So if you want to be consistent, if you want to be consistent, be consistent. Just say, first off, when a piece came out months ago, months, six weeks ago, I would say, mentioning, hey, did MLB even discuss the thought of going to Canada or like playing in Canada or having a discussion with the Canadian prime minister or Canadian officials about whether or not they're going to be allowed to travel back and forth? Have they had that conversation? Um, I'm going to say the answer is no because... Toronto they couldn't even would, agree on the number of games. How the hell they got that right. far? So, yeah. so clearly, they can't get their shit together. Just find a stadium on the eastern seaboard that works. 
You want to share a stadium? You really want to share a stadium? There's no home field advantage, Chris. You know why there's no home field advantage? There's no fans. Exactly. So yeah. it really, really doesn't matter. Does it really matter? So if you want to establish... Nope, not one bit. You want to establish a team, the Toronto Blue Jays, in a place and just say, this is going to be your home. This is going to be your home for this season. Only this season. Then do it. Albany, you want to go as far as Buffalo? Go to Buffalo. It'll be fine until late September. Um, any any one of the New England states has uh, the Pawtucket Red Sox moved. So now uh, Pawtucket has a, a stadium that is not being used. The countless amount of uh, New York Penn League teams that are in New York that you could use one of those stadiums. I'm going to keep – I can keep going. You, you know what else we have? A Shoot. ton of fields. These guys love the game so much. They want to play so bad. Right. Set up some old school dugouts. Set up some some sheds you get from Home Depot. Make them the dugouts. Put some uh, some paint down on the field. Get a ground screw out there. Make sure it's safe. And play. You could go. They could have done the wide world of sports complex. There's a couple of fields down there. I don't know if there's enough fields for everything, but there's there's quite a few. Could've you could have gone to what's that? You could have done Omaha. You could have done Omaha. You could have done either uh, Arizona or Florida right. for uh, the spring training complexes, where you have several stadiums within a close proximity. That could have worked. You could have done, um, you know, you could have done uh, East teams in one location. Central teams, one location. West teams, one location. And then before playoffs started, the teams that made it would all get tested regularly. You have the same guidelines, but they'd all go to one area with the same guidelines. You could have done this so many better. And this is, we're thinking off the top of our head. This is off the top of our head right now. And these are ideas that would work better than what the MLB has presented us, where two days before this multi-billion dollar entity is to start its already reduced season, they have teams that do not have a place to play. They could even, as a as a recognition of what Omaha has been to the game of baseball. If you don't know, that's where they play the um, college uh, college baseball World Series. They're not playing this year because they couldn't. Could you have not played the World Series at Omaha? Test them. Play the playoffs or World Series. Omaha's in Nebraska. It doesn't get too bad out in Nebraska, I don't think. I'm not an expert in Nebraska. But I don't think it's too bad in the winter, uh, what we're talking about, like late September, early October. It doesn't get too bad. So you don't have to worry about the weather. Because if Boston makes it, we already know what the temperature is like in Boston late September, early October. We, already, we know what it gets like in Minnesota. So... East plays in Florida, Central plays in Omaha, West plays in uh, Arizona. Congratulations, folks. We just figured it out. Just figured it out. And then everybody's been being tested the entire time. Everybody who's healthy goes to Omaha. You have the entire entirety of the playoffs in Omaha. You crown a champion. You go home. See you in 2021. Chris, like it, it, it's, it's, not, it's not rocket science. It took us 20 minutes to figure this out. If that. If that. And yet... Millions of dollars were poured into these people in these boardrooms trying to figure this out. And all they kept doing was bickering 
and coming up with a plan that left us with a franchise not having a home to play in two days before opening day. And my prediction, now even though you know, the Pirates are being very, very kind and accepting of bringing the Blue Jays in, my prediction is, is what's going to happen? Somehow, some, some league official, one of Manfred's lackeys, is going to say, uh, Rob, you're having East teams go into a central stadium. We can't do that. And now we're going to be two days away from a projected home game for the Toronto Blues A's, and they're not going to have a home. Yeah. And they're still going to be figuring this yeah. out, and they're going to scramble together, and then they're going to tell the Blue Jays, you know what they're going to tell them? You're going to be playing in the stadium of the team you're facing, but you're going to be called the home team. Yeah. So essentially the Blue Jays are going to be this traveling team that get no consistent rest, and they're going to be at a disadvantage. Which, look, you would have to do, to do that anyways, just call teams the home team and the away team if you played in a neutral site. But this is something you had to be figured out before this point. But now but, but the Blue Jays will be a home team in right. Boston, and then they'll have to travel to New York and be a yeah. home team potentially, travel to Baltimore. Maybe they'll play, in, they'll play in Florida two games, so they're going to have to travel all the way down there. And they play a four-game set with, uh, with, um, with uh, Florida, and it's a, two, it's a home and home. Well, now you're going to play four games in Florida. Oh, great. It's it's good for travel. It brings down costs. Yeah, but the Toronto Blue Jays are going to be traveling the entire time because they're not going to have any home games. Which can defeat the purpose of them trying to not being able to play in Canada because it was not safe to have everybody intermingling. Because I'm sure each team has a nice stretch where they're, what, probably six games, seven games in a row where they're at home. I would think so. My point is, is... They should have fit like we we we've been over this. We've beaten this so many times on how much they've screwed this up. They could have figured this out real easy in March. He could have said, "Tony, are we ever going to work out the money situation?" Tony could have been honest and said, "No, we're not going to figure it out. We want X, you want Y." Okay, guess what? We're playing baseball. We're starting on this day. Play ball. And we're going to figure out the, the rest exactly by right. then. And instead of having like less than a month to figure this out, we would have had two months, three months, three and a half months, whenever they decided to figure this out. But they couldn't. They had to have this, this contest of who's going to give up more money until they finally decided, no, we're just going to play. And I hope it's not a disaster, but I, I don't have high hopes because – this league has really shown its incompetence over the last few months. It's just going to get worse when that CBA, that CBA goes yeah. up. Now that is a different topic for a different day. Yes, sir. But it will be interesting. As for this episode, we are going to get out of here. We hope you enjoyed episode 81. We will be back to our regular Tuesday and Friday from this point forward. As always, if you have any questions or comments on anything you heard on this episode, Ben and I would love to hear from you. And Ben, where can they get in touch with us? You can hit us up on Twitter, that's at BCTSPod, or you can hit us up on Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. The website is on the way, as well as some other fun stuff we have in the works for you. Uh, recent events have put a bit of a delay on it, but it is still on the way. Thank you very much for listening, and thank you for your support, as always. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe and stay healthy. We will see you right back here Friday morning. Thank you.